What's up, Conroe? We are right here with a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports. Hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IreLoneStar.com. These are all true statements. I don't like to lie to people. I mean, that's not, not true. a fan I, of it. I really, I sometimes I really do like to lie to people. But uh, it's called acting. Am I an actor? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm an actor. You acted in a pilot. You're an actor. That's true. I did guest star in my own pilot. That's just ego, though. It's like, look, when you write it, you can be in it. Is that okay? Yeah, that's a good rule. I'll take it. Uh, anyway, this is Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Sad Nico today. Sad Nico today? Are you sad, sad because of the World Series? Yes, I am sad because of the World Series. I feel like all of Houston is sad today because of the World Series. It's because it was cloudy. It was cloudy. That uh, makes it a real Alanis Morissette emo kind of day. Right. Isn't it ironic? Um, it was a it was a rough World Series, man. It was. It's the only World Series in 115 World Serieses. Series. Serieses. What's the plural of series? Just series. Is it like just just the same word like moose, or it's moose and moose? I thought it was Mises. Mise, like geese. A herd of mooses is a Mises. Look at all those Mises out there. Look at them Mises. They're just moosing around. Yeah. I don't know. Good thing. I'm not a wildlife expert. No. Or Canadian, so I don't know what they call a plural of moose. It's just moose. Also, I've never been in a room with a moose, so I don't know. Apparently, they're real big. Huge. I've seen video of a moose like alongside a road. And they're like the size of the road. It looks like a dinosaur is just eating something. Like it, it's, it's disturbing how large meese are. Do you see what I did there? The plural yeah. moose meese. Um, but yeah, you know what's you know what's uh, I'm gonna use the word funny here. It's not really funny. It's the uh, game six was Tuesday. Okay, and yep. Tuesday, City of Houston was jubilant. They were like, oh, today's the day the Astros win the World Series. It's going to yeah, be exciting. This is it. There was all kinds of people who were like, coming home today, take it back. Um, local news ran a story like pregame where they were talking about how Mattress Max is going to win $22 million. By the way, the guy lost like eleven, like $10 million in bet. Yeah. Uh, on the plus side, he's going to get all his money back from all those mattresses he sold. Oh, uh, yeah. No, he. The, that's the reason he bet for the Astros because he's like, if I win the money – I cover, I cover my, my losses. losses. I cover my mattress losses. Honestly, so really, he, he was he was betting on both sides. He like a bookie. He balanced it. Right. He ba- he probably actually came out ahead here because he probably sold a little bit more mattresses. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, mattress Mac is like. Yeah, he's like, okay. He's he's like a Houston legend now. He's well, he already like, pff, he already was. He already was, but like especially after Harvey and like what he's yeah. done recently, like. Anytime anything ever happens after Imelda and Harvey. Yeah, he, he kind of like, he, he you're right. During Harvey, he basically got, he reminded everyone that he was like the Houston godfather. He's like, right. forget UGK and Bun B. It's me. It's me. Uh, you can sleep in my mattress store. I have places to sleep. That, that was a really cool thing. That really was. Plus, I've always dreamed about living in a store one time. Like, if thing, like if the apocalypse happened, I would just live in a Walmart. I mean, yeah. It's reasonable. And just kill all the zombies in it or something. I don't right. Know. Barricade I don't know. the walls. Sounds like a lot of work. I probably would just kill them as they came in. I mean, yeah, but you had to make sure that they can't just go in through the automatic door. <laughs> you could just turn a switch. It's cool. Sure, they'll believe you. No, I mean that's they're gonna th- complain to customer service that their <laughs> automatic doors aren't working. <laughs> they go totally Karen on you, zombie Karen. <laughs> Stab them. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's beat your mom. 
That's less, what happens. Less word spoken to the zombie manager. Right. Right. That's what happens. That's what has to happen. Um, but yeah, uh, Mattress Mac was was cool. Like, he was a cool guy, but he did lose a lot of money on that bet. A lot of money but lost. but Tuesday day, like they were like, "Is it boys?" Match, but Tuesday day they were like, "Mattress Mac's gonna win twenty two million dollars if they when the Astros win tonight." Like it was like oh, everything was super positive Tuesday, which is good. It should be. I mean, yeah, we we were the number one team in baseball this year. We came in hot. We came in. Well, actually, we didn't come in. I I didn't like how we came into this World Series. Oh yeah. Um the the series with the Yankees kind of was ugly and while we did get some really clutch hitting, we didn't get we we left a lot of people on base. Our issue in the postseason has been late pitching and leaving people on base all playoffs. And it finally caught up to us. Oh, what was it? 12, 12 runners on 10 runners on base something like that? 10, which is double the Nationals. The Nationals were bringing people home and we weren't. Right. And that uh And if you if you if you cut that if we had the same amount of runners on base, we would have won eight to f- eight to sec- uh, eighty six. If we'd have brought home the same number of people, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. But if you leave people on base, you you're don't not, score. No, and then that's that's baseball. So kind of, so every every game has like an element of like reality or truth or whatever you want to say to it. Mm-hmm. And with, I mean, the whole series is just nervous at home. It feels like, yeah. I mean, this is the only weird, World Series one right? completely at home. Every single game this World Series, the road team won. Road, yeah, that's super weird. No home wins in the entire series. But you know what? That's part of that's partly proof of baseball is the one sport that's played so it's been played so long that statistically everything will happen once. Yeah, you know how like when you go to a statistics class and it's like there's a three percent chance of this, but a ninety seven percent chance of this. Uh-huh. Which means if you do it a hundred times, ninety-seven of them are going to be one way, and only three are going to be the other way. The idea that if you flip a coin seven times and you get the same thing all seven times, it's it's one and two times one and two times one time. You do you repeat that math seven times, mm-hmm. and you get a really little number. That's what this was. Yeah. The idea of the way team winning seven all seven games was. Percentage-wise, an incredibly tiny number. And that's what happened. And so when you're looking at something like that and you... and you, It's a totally unpredicted outcome. Mm-hmm. And the Nationals have been underdogs all postseason. And coming into this game, they were slightly underdogs. Um, I don't... Man, I don't know, man. It's just kind of a... But anyway, so we were talking about core truths. I, I want to get back to that. The core truth of baseball is late pitching in games. Because your starters are all great, and that's why people have starters. And especially when you get to the playoffs, you have great starters. And then you, and then from there, when you get to the bullpen, it's got to be guys you trust. And mm-hmm. for us, this postseason, in particular World Series, our, our bullpen, they got beat a couple times. They just didn't, they didn't hold it together. No. And that's that's what hurts the most. Um, you know, so even even last night, uh, Granke gives up only the one home run at the end there. Well, I mean, he did two home runs the whole game, but at the end there, it goes 2-2. Then they swap him out for Harris, and Harris goes on there, and on the second pitch, he throws another home run. 
And then now we're shuffling guys in and out, shuffling guys in and out, in and out. We even had Cole up in the bullpen at one point, and it was because we didn't know what to do with that. I felt like once we got into our bullpen in a lot of these games, it felt very much like we were kind of guessing. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we went to our closer in this game in, in the seventh inning. That's not where closers go. <laughs> That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. So, but the I think the core of baseball is uh, bringing runners home. Got to bring runners home. Yeah, and when you're when you're just on base, you're not doing anything. Leaving them on base like that is 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 well, it's how you lose a World Series. Yep. You know, trying to find a, a smarter way to say that, but the reality is, you're not going to win games when you don't score runs. You're not going to win games when you don't score runs. It's like John Madden. Usually the team with the highest score wins the game. Yeah, thanks, John. Thank you. And, and I understand now why they named yeah. all the football <laughs> games after you. Yeah. And usually when you bring runners in, runners in and runners score, you win. Yeah. That's and how this that's just how this works. And that's how it worked for the Nationals, unfortunately, for us. So, but one thing about the Nationals though, uh this is just kind of feels like one of those teams of destiny for them though because this is they're a team of older players, a lot of older players on this team, on this roster, who are kind of coming into their moment. Uh, there's f- there's big free agents up and down their lineup. Like there's young, they don't have a ton of young players. So obviously Juan Soto's 21. We all know that. Joe Buck said it, I think a million times. He's real good. Who, <laughs> Joe Buck or Juan Soto? Juan Soto. Okay. <laughs> That's why they mention him every time. Whatever, literally every time there was like a camera shot of Juan Soto, it's like, you know, he's only 21, right? <laughs> it is one thing to be that, like, he did, he had a great postseason, a great World oh, Series. Oh, yeah, I no. Can't, I don't want to take anything away from that. He was. No, he's, he's, a, he's a great player, and I will give him that. He's a pain in my side, but I'll give him that. Yeah, for sure he definitely hits a lot of things. He, just <laughs> he needed came to play. Stop. He came to play and he looked great in this postseason. Like, I, there was only one game where he, we just didn't give him anything. Right. And it was at home, which felt good. <laughs> right. We were on the road and we won. Oh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, it was It was a very – this was a very Juan Soto-centric um, World Series. And him and Rendon. And Rendon, though, is going to be, f- I think, 31 or 30, and he's going to be a free agent. This isn't this Nationals team won't be the same literally next season. It will be totally different. And from there it's it's gonna be an opportunity to to change things. Right. Uh so I don't this team will I don't think this team will be back next season is what I'm kinda getting at. So you're saying Astros next year? Well, no, what we are built to be competitive for many, many years. Uh this is a team that's not going anywhere. Now there is going to be the question of what's going to happen with with Cole. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I'd like to say they keep him. I don't know that they do. Um, it seems. I think because we traded for Zach Granke, I could see us talking ourselves into letting Cole go. I don't. I don't want to though. Uh, he's really good. But pitched a phenomenal. He pitched phenomenally in Washington. Yeah, he did. He. And then the the whole thing with Verlander is so annoying where everyone's like, oh, Verlander doesn't have any World Series wins. And still good. Still awesome. And the thing that I keep explaining to you is, like, the data people don't even care about wins and losses for the pitchers. Like, right. it's totally irrelevant. Listen, I bet Harris uh, doesn't have any losses in the World Series, but he sure gave up that go-ahead home run, didn't he? Sure did. 
like there's a lot of I would I I, I absolutely would keep Verlander happy and through here and extended and and, er, and whatever you know whatever needs to happen there he's not up though but like I wouldn't move him to keep Coles where I'm getting at mm-hmm. uh, and then. Granky has time left on his deal, and he pitched great this this World Series. Uh, you know what was kind of annoying is they kept they in Game Seven. Joe Buck kept talking about how Max Scherzer could go as deep as he wants because he's totally physically prepared for this. First of all, in the first game, he got knocked out of the game after the fifth inning, and then he couldn't even go in Game Five because of his back. So what a physical animal! He's right. so good. Right, he hurt himself. <laughs> he hurt, he couldn't even dress himself. And and Joe Buck's like he is physically he he's one of the old school fitness guys. He still jogs. What is he talking about? Like <laughs> this man's so physically fit, he injured himself. <laughs> he injured himself while he slept last night. Wait a minute. No, he threw so hard he. Injured himself and didn't want to say. Uh, I don't think that's what I, I isn't think. he the one that like grunts and like yeah like no, throws then, his whole body no, yeah, behind for it? sure. But allegedly he felt fine like the next couple of days after he pitched, and then when he woke up to pitch in Game Five is when he couldn't yeah, address that's, himself. That's, that's called that's that's called delayed <laughs> that's six. called delayed onset of muscle soreness, my guy. It's called. <laughs> That's called you hurt yourself two days ago, and now it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Nico throw out fake medical terms. I like it. Dr. Nico, thank you. It's called a doms. <laughs> it's, what ha- it's, it's why being, it's like after you work out, it's like two days later, it's the worst. Because it's like maximum recovery, and your, your muscles are like, ah, we're see, still trying to heal. See, that's why I don't work out. See, it's, it's just for the two days later feeling. You know? Yeah, that's why I don't work out. I don't right. work out so that two days later, I still feel good. Right. Because I'm smart like that. Exactly. And what happened is that he threw so hard, he injured himself, and then two days later, he couldn't do anything. I don't think that that's what happened. Actually. I genuinely think that's what happened. I mean, I don't. I doubt you're going to injure yourself that badly while you slept. Some some people, Nico, are more fun when they sleep than others. I'm not going to even approach that sentence. Yeah, some people have so much fun when they sleep that they wake up hurt. They they die. They could sleepwalk. You never know. Max Scherzer could be a sleepwalker. And he you know what? He looks crazy enough. He does, man. He really does with the two eyes. Um, but uh, the Nationals are a team that this was like this. They were built for this run. You talking about like one of the teams that's like, guess we're just gonna win it this year. Yeah, you know how every year there's a team who like they chase. It happens in happens seasons. happens in basketball all the time. Happens in basketball a lot. Happen. Uh, you'll see players. Well, the Rams last year they spent a bunch of money on a bunch of one year deals for defensive players. Oh yeah, they they were awesome for a whole year. They made it to yeah. the Super Bowl and then right. another garbage. Right, and this year they're struggling. And but there were guys like Indomik and Sue and other guys who literally were on one year deals like that. Did they sign like I think Indomik and Sue got like fourteen million for one year. Awesome to to be to be. That's, a Ram. I just want to be a one year guy in like football because they're like, oh, I'm gonna show up for this one year, this one ten game season, and then dip out with my twenty million dollars. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a heck of a compliment, but you got to be a real good player for a team to be like, we'll bring him in for the one year, and it's gonna help us win a Super Bowl. Right. They didn't even win that one. No, I mean, but they got like they here, got there. Here's the thing. Listen, the way. Sports works, especially football. It's only 16 games. Injuries are a huge factor. You can't predict things like that. You have no, con- you have no idea if you're going to be the guy standing at the end. So the I- so for for them to have built their entire year towards getting to the Super Bowl and, and actually being in it, 
That is a huge accomplishment. And I hope Astros fans don't take their eye off that and don't and don't start doubting that. The city of Houston We're a top we've been a top three team three years in a row. And the city we, of, the city of Houston is not has not had a long history of success. And what I would like This to is re- only a recent thing. And what I would like to remind listeners is this is a huge thing. For this Astros seem to be this great for this three year run that we've had. Really, four years because I think we were in the playoffs the year before, if I'm remembering right. Or we missed. We, it might have been five years. So we, I, we went to the playoffs and then we missed, and then we. I don't remember if the year we came back is the year we won, or if we came back and then the next year we won. So it's either been five years or four years of just really good, good baseball out of this organization, and can't lose sight of that. Like, don't sit around and go, oh, and then yeah. Just literally, did. we go. Literally, we go. Champions, third place, second place. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's. Those are good seasons. You play 162 games, and it all comes down to this one game. We're we're like what, like the 11th or something team to have 300 of 100 plus wins in three years, or across yeah. three years. Yeah, uh, for three to average 100 wins in three. Yeah, that's. I think. I think it's that's, ten. It might be yeah. eleven. It might be eleven. But yes, we are. I mean, listen, what we've accomplished. This sort of success, and to pair it with postseason success. Yeah, because it's not like we made it to the playoffs and then choke and then out choke. four exactly. times. Exactly, the Atlanta Braves I think have like fourteen division titles and one World Series appearance. That's not good. We've been in two World Series in three years, and we've won one. That's a good run, and we're built to keep doing it. Our hitters and our fielders are young. Our pitchers are high quality. We, the bullpen is the thing that we've got to, like that's that's our obvious weakness. Yeah, and and for a regular season, it's not a weakness. It's just in this postseason, a couple of these guys I feel like just kind of wound up kind of looking mentally fragile. I think is all like when Harris gave up that home run last night, he looked wounded. Uh huh. He looked, he just looked absolutely gut shot, where he was just like hurt. And you can't let it shake up like that. Uh, I we say that, but honestly, I, I bet I bet watching the go ahead run of the World Series in the seventh inning go over after you throw it. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's bad, but that's all the more to be like we can't do that ever again. No, and honestly, the way we looked, the way the whole team looked in the dugout after that, where they just had this look of like, and then we just didn't hit for the rest of the game. The Washington was. Just through the roof pumped on that uh, the second they were four two the second it was four two three two even they were they exploded with energy we it like felt it, like it, it felt like the wind came out of our cells yeah and I think it really felt like from that point on we were just like well they won it and uh, you did our lock our dugout didn't look strong after that the. Facial expressions, the body language, everyone kind of looked a little defeated at that point. And the thing all series that I had been watching and noticing was how Martinez, the manager for the Nationals, looked super emotional. And that cost him in Game 6. He got thrown out, arguing ball, uh, arguing the blown, weird call at first base. What would, should and shouldn't have been. Like, I don't, that was such a weird thing. Um, and so it's a non-reviewable play that they were, that they spent 10 minutes talking about on the headset. I don't know. I don't understand what happened there. 
Um, and we're going to get to the umpiring here in a second because it was terrible. But all 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 series, Martinez was very up down, very up down. When oh, when yeah. the Nationals were struggling, he looked depressed. Oh yeah, at home. Oh oh, he looked he looked like someone had killed his puppy at home. All three games at home, Martinez had the look on his face like it was a Dolly Parton song. Like he looked sad. And AJ Hinch has kind of he stayed very Bill Belichick kind of like cold, like nothing went. No facial expression of excitement or disappointment from A.J. Hinch. The whole... He's stone-faced. He really is. And listen, it's probably just a great poker race, but he's sitting there taking notes and talking about stuff and thinking... And, and oh, yeah. He clearly he clearly knows what he's doing. But, I mean, every time like every time they flash to him after after a home run or something that was going against us... Stone. It's just no... no. He's literally looking down his little notepad writing something down. Right. He's looking, writing stuff down, looking... Writing stuff down. There was no like reaction of "Oh my God, what's gonna happen?" And Martinez yeah. was super up down. And while I think that that hurts him more than it helps him, it clearly it in this game seven once they were up, it helped because it bumps everyone else up. Well, and he was riding such a hard wave of 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 just like we've got it now. This is ours, and we we looked absolutely just gutted. We looked like we. We looked like we didn't want any piece of it at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that that uh, kind of told the story of the next three innings. Yeah, completely worthless innings for us. Yeah, because I think, I think we, we, went, we went 0 for 9, didn't we? Uh, Did anyone get on base from the seventh inning? No. So, I mean, we went 0 for 9. Yeah, it was 0 for 9 because Alex Bregman would have gone up if anyone had gotten on base on the eighth and the ninth, and yep. he didn't. So, it leaves us just sitting there. Like, there was definitely a, a just a lapse and a loss of energy from the seventh inning on after they got after they went ahead, mm-hmm. and then the extra runs in the eighth. I mean, it's just it was <laughs> it was so over by the time we got them off the field in the eighth, where we were just like, please stop hitting, like <laughs> please stop hitting, and that is it was a heartbreaking World Series for us, but it doesn't change that this is a really good team. We don't have to do anything to keep this team together. Yeah, we don't have to do anything to keep this team together, and it's still, again, still crazy competitive. And young, super young. This is So many of these core players are under player control or under team control for so many years from here on out. Right. This, I, team, this team is going to be competitive. They, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that we make our another World Series if no, I think uh, depending on how we handle the uh, the coal, uh, and if we get another starter, if we depending on how we handle pitching, pitching is going to be where we make but or break. If we basically stay the same in pitching, in other words, we either re-sign Cole or we sign someone else's pitcher, or we make a trade and we still have the three top starters, and then and that's the build of our rotation again. Then we're an early favorite to go to the World Series easily, easily. Um. Because again, our team is solid and not going anywhere. Right. Unlike this Nationals team, which is the Nationals team. There's a lot of questions. This team could very easily be totally different next year. Right. And I think that that's like I th- aside from Juan Soto, but yeah, because he's 21 years old. Did you did, did you know he's 21 years old? I heard. Did I you heard, know? I think he even uh, celebrated a birthday. He might have. He might have. He started uh, the World Series when he was 20, and now he's 21 years old. Did you know that? Did I know that? No, thank you, Joe Buck. 
Um, Did you know that he's 21 years old? No, that's that's fascinating. <laughs> they must have said that a thousand times. Uh, before we get time. out, I do want to make a mention of just how terrible the umpiring was. Oh, it was so bad. There was so... On both sides of it, too. Yeah, they were equally awful. Um, like it was just awful. There were so many times when obvious balls or strikes. Yeah, the plate umpiring was terrible, and honestly, that just kind of... that. To me, it just kind of answers the question of, do we need robot umpiring? Yeah, we do. Especially when, like... Balls and strikes should just be computer called at this point. There's no reason to have the behind-the-plate umpire for balls and strikes. There's not. And, uh, and it's funny because when they were like, oh, no, but it could easily... Something could happen, and then they do it, and then they're like, yeah, no, it's like 98% accurate. Yeah. And then they're like, but I like umpire. <laughs> yeah, it, really what the argument boils down to is... It's a really hard job, and they get it right most of the time. There's no reason to make the change. Well, it turns out there is, because the World Series is just as much about the officiating as it is a, a, about the Washington Nationals. Right. So, game one, um, there were calls that went against the Astros in, in what was essentially the only close game of the whole thing, where we, uh, I don't remember who it was, but the catcher interference call. Oh, I think it was on Mariznick. No, he, no. Yeah. Was it was it or was it uh, Alvarez? No, it was Mariznick. Where he swings and he catches the catcher's glove. And, yeah, and it's obvious in literally every angle. The bat sounds weird. And for some reason, a that's non it's non reviewable, which is stupid. Should completely be reviewable because all you got to do is put on the headset and the guy from New York goes, "Yeah, he hits the glove before the ball gets to there." Okay, that's it. That's it. It's easy. It's done. Over instantly. Because it's literally, it's visible from the replays that we see on television. Right. If the whole country can see that your four umpires got it wrong, how, what does it say about the product you're putting on television, declaring it a championship, when everyone at home can go, well, it's clearly wrong. Well, it's clearly wrong. Now what? And then it cost them an out, and that was... Well, because we would have had a we would have had a guy on base. Yeah, that would have put a guy on base, and instead he strikes out, and then there's a home run afterwards. The very next batter hits a home run. Well, okay, well we would have a guy on first for that home run. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it was just it was thing after thing after thing. This whole World Series in Game Six, it's the runners interference call. Um, there's two issues with it that I have. Is first of all, he's running on the grass. Like he takes like several steps on the grass, which I always thought they had to be in dirt. On when they when they feet when the runners are running the bases, he's so far inside the first baseline that he's stepping on the the grass in the field, which I always thought they had to be in dirt. I thought they couldn't be on once they leave the base room. I thought that's why the dirt was there. Apparently not. I don't so know. if he takes five steps in the grass and then ends up then ends up about to touch the bag as he gets hit by the ball. And then they're like, well, he's within a step, so he can he can then turn to the bag. So he's allowed the step. But then there I mean, it was just a very confusing situation that the first place the first base umpire got wrong or got right based on what he calls. You know, if he calls if he calls illegal base running and it's an automatic out, fine, but it, you can't call runner interference there, and that's the and that's what he called. But then on top of that, you can't review the incorrect call. Yeah, I, I one, I, I think the fact that you can't review like ninety percent of the baseball calls is the worst thing about the sport. Right. So because it means that your one officiating is completely 
protected in every way because like you it's like well I can't review that you can't review that you can't review that it's like well then what can I review what's possible that I could be like hey that sounded really bad <laughs> right well and th- okay and, and what they were trying to do was prevent where challenges are everywhere for everything so it's like they're challenging uh, like ball like ball strike I get do you though because that's the easiest one to me I actually don't agree without being with not being able to challenge ball. I just strike. well, I think I think ball strike should just be robotic anyways. Right, but if you're not going to go robot on ball strike, I should be able to challenge, and maybe not every ball and every strike, but I should be able to challenge any any ball four or strike three. That's fair. Yeah, okay, fine. I can't I can't challenge strike one when you miss it on the corner. Fine, but my guy gets struck out looking because you don't know that it's inside. Uh uh-uh. uh Oh yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh Super obnoxious, and then that's and to me that's part of it. And if they're limiting the challenges, regardless of right or wrong, so baseball, so football's rule is, you have two challenges. If you get them both right, you get a third. Um, baseball, I don't think they add any of, regardless of right or wrong. I think you just have what you have. And so, to me, if they're not even gonna like refuel them when you get them, first of all, if you get them right, there shouldn't be a penalty for that. Like, no, I shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a wasted challenge. I should. That, it just shouldn't count. You were wrong. And then on top of that, I still think I want, you know, two or three. And any time I get one right, I don't lose it. If I get two, I don't lose any for being right. If I get three, then if I get two out of three right, I want more. That's fair. Like, if I'm going to keep being right because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I just, I I think it's silly to not have, have unchallengeable things in baseball. Well, and then the NFL, they added a, a pass interference to the replay list this year. Mm-hmm. They've only over- overturned it, I believe, uh, once all season. Right. Some some 24-odd reviews, and some of them are obvious, non-overturned. Non, non and I think that's the officials saying to the NFL, we don't care about this rule. Right. Like, we're not going to sit here and argue all day. If I called it, I called it. If that's, I didn't, And that's just going to be didn't. the way the cookie crumbles. Sports officiating is probably, like, the strangest thing. About. It really is, because when you look at stuff and then you get all the way to the other end where the NBA uh, had a ref fixing games. Right. And then tried to say that he didn't change the outcome of games. Okay. But, like, sure. anytime he worked a game... He uh, knew who was going to well, win. Well, like, spreads covered. Right. The It was like the coverages of spreads against him was, was like, way more accurate than everyone else. Weird. Oh, weird. That's <laughs> so strange. Weird. Uh, we're going to jump out to a break here. When we come back, we got more Nerd Tuck Sports coming your way. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. 
This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe. This is some more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. Uh, before we get into anything, Nico, go ahead and tell everybody about our friends Cox ATA. Cox ATA, leader in ATA martial arts with three convenient locations, one in the Woodlands, one in Conroe, and one in Magnolia. If you can hear us, there is a Cox ATA location near you. On the radio, at least. I don't know about if you're podcasting us from anywhere. That's fair. Like, if you're in Indiana. There's not. There's Unfortunately. You might want to Google ATA. It wouldn't be a Cox ATA near you, but it could right. be an ATA. Could be an ATA. They don't That's have true. our fantastic deal of mention Nerd Thug Radio. Get two free weeks of training. Boom. Two free weeks is a great way. Uh, they have all kinds of courses there. They have Taekwondo, obviously. Tai Chi. Uh, self-defense. They have classes from all sorts of age ranges if you're three, if you're 93. Uh, mention Nerd Thug Radio. Two free weeks of training. Cox ATA. They build leaders, they teach life skills, and they leave. A legacy. Yeah, the Cox guys are really great. I hope, you know, I hope everybody goes and checks them out. Um, and they got, the holidays are coming up. Oh, yeah, spooky season. You don't want kids just sitting around the house building up energy? Go, right. go get them, kick some stuff. Kick some stuff, get some discipline going. Kick, kick that energy out. Um, okay. So, there's a lot going on this week in the NFL. This was the trade deadline. There were some hurt feelings. Baker Mayfield gets an argument. Houston Texans have lost J.J. Watt for the season. There's just things. Has J.J. Watt finally crumbled? Um, I think it's a fair question to ask. Uh, this time, it, I think it's a pec injury that's going to keep him out for the rest of this year. Um, and it was a very normal-looking play. He has, over the last, I think, four seasons, not finished a season. This doesn't surprise me. He keeps getting injured, and they keep playing him next season, and it's always like, well, his leg, oh, his neck, oh, his arm, or whatever it was. Right. No, I... I'd, uh... And, like, there's only so many injuries you can keep bouncing back from where you just won't come back anymore. Well, really, what what happens is... And every he's time getting you, older. Every time you come back from one of these injuries, you come back a little bit less. Right. So, okay, uh, and he's had some weird ones. Like, he fractured the bone... That's between the knee and the leg. There's like a little little plane of material, and he fractured that. So that needed to heal. So he had to sit down for that. And then another time, he's had some, you know, some serious injuries. And the result of those is... Uh, More fragile, not as strong. It w- And he's still great. But every time you come back, just a little bit less, and a little bit less, and a little bit less. You know, you're chipping away here. And eventually you're... It's going to catch up to him. Yeah, you're less of a player. And that's not meant in any sort of negative way. Um, yeah, not to say that what he hasn't done has been fantastic or that he's a garbage player. It's just he's been injured a lot. And and eventually what happens is... Age plus injury does not equal better player. That's not how no, really, sports math works. It's really true. Um, and so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pull up his like player card and... It's just impossible. <laughs> he doesn't exist. They've already, ta- a fake person. they've already taken him off the active roster. Oh god! On ESPN, that's real fast. <laughs> they were, they were like, "Andy's gone." Yeah, that was kind of mean. I feel like JJ <laughs> uh, Watt doesn't exist to us anymore. Okay, all right. So he played all sixteen games, twenty eleven through twenty fifteen. In twenty sixteen, he played in a total of eight games. Uh, no, no, he played. He played in three games in 2016, 
five games in 2017, 16 games last year, and eight games this year. Oh, so he finished last season. Yeah, he finished last season, but then since then he... He's finished. He's finished two seasons in four years. Correct. He's played sixteen. Ga- he's played thirty-two games over the last four years. Right. He's finished one season actually out of four years. And, and he's here's got the, half of this one, and then and here's the big thing: small pieces. Is we it. were trying to make a decision this off season between between essentially the Watt and Clowney, and we chose exactly, Watt. Exactly. Exactly. We couldn't keep. We were saying we didn't want to keep both and then keep paying both and keep signing both, and it was going to have to be one or the other, and we chose J.J. Watt. And, we, and in the and we next ch- game, Clowney gets a like a crazy interception for the Seahawks. First game for the Seahawks. I think it was, my, uh, I think it was the second, honestly, but he gets the, the jumping. He gets a jumping one-handed jumping interception, interception for and, the touchdown. Right. And, in and the, then J.J. Watt gets hurt two weeks later. <laughs> right. And, I mean, the whole thing. Not was two just, weeks. It's been no, like three yeah. weeks, but. The whole thing is... My point is that he didn't hit and he gets hurt, and now we have no one. And, well, and it's not no one. We still got Whitney Merciless. No one. The issue is, once people like J.J. Watt go down, there's not, there's no one on the roster that replaces J.J. Watt. When we had Watt, Clowney, Merciless, it was like, when all three are healthy, this is a very scary front seven. But the best part is, when one of them gets hurt... You still have two of them. You still have a very scary front seven. When we move Clowney away, and now we have Watt and Merciless, we still have a, a good front seven. But now, when one of them gets hurt, and the thing of it is, is both Merciless and Watt have had histories in their past, so it's not like it's a crazy thing where we go, "Oh, Merciless won't get hurt; he's his whole career he's been healthy." No, he's missed significant time with injury, and JJ Watt has definitely missed significant time with injury. And and Clowney, to to his issue, he missed a lot of time his rookie season. So, all of them, you need all of them because it's just like when the Rockets had Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady. The the window where they were both healthy was incredibly narrow. Like, the window when they were both healthy and felt great was not large at all. Yeah, it was great when they were both on the, on the yeah, court. But we never played a lot with all with both of them healthy and together. We never got to experience that. And, and we didn't get to experience a lot of it, is what I should say there. And so, like... We just were always trying to shuffle things around. And I think the issue is we chose between Clowney and Watt, and we chose Watt. And we chose Watt for a lot of reasons, but I don't think it was a lot of football reasons. I think we chose J.J. Watt for a lot of... Principle. Principle, and he's a Texan, and he's who the, he's the kind of guy we want in our he's locker the guy, room. He's the guy on all the H-E-B ads. Well, and... Um, he was, anyway, he wasn't was, No, he was. And... And he will be once the now the baseball season's over though. True, they'll go back to him. They'll go back to him now uh, that he's injured. He's got a lot more free time on his hand. Yeah, make all the commercials you want. Um, but the, the, the whereas Clowney has been a professional, but quiet. Watt has been a professional and a citizen where he's been. He's participated. He's been a part of things. Yeah, he's he's been. He has done everything you're supposed. To. He has been well managed and well represented, and and he's getting perfect advice on how to be a superstar in Texas, in Houston. Uh, and Clowney's problem was he just did his job, and that's the that's unfair the thing in sports is we always want more than that. Really it's not enough to come out there and be 
rated as the best defensive player over the last three seasons behind the line of scrimmage. JJ, uh, J- Clowney was a top three in tackles for loss and sacks. When you combine the two into one number, he was top three in the league if you look over the last three years. The other two guys were like Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. Khalil Mack got traded to Chicago for two first-round draft picks, and Aaron Donald got a $100 million contract from the Rams, and we traded Clowney away for a third-round pick. Oops. We're, we're, good at, we're good at making deals. This is why we don't need a GM. <laughs> this is, why, this <laughs> is why we don't need a GM. This is why we need to be – this is why when you play – when you do football, you separate emotion from field. He didn't have the right character. I didn't like him. And that's what it boiled down to is Bill O'Brien and Clowney didn't get along. And so because they didn't get along, because Bill O'Brien was a jerk to Clowney, probably is how that went. Right, he's I'm like, he's like, he's like, I don't, I don't think you have the right work ethic. As he's one of the top three performers in the league. Right. Oh no, my work ethic. I'm only top three. Right. Oh, my bad. Yeah, there's only two people in the entire league better than me. You're right. I'm not working hard enough. But because Bill O'Brien was in his face about stuff like that, Clowney wasn't going to give the Texans a discount. If Bill O'Brien and Clowney had been buddies. Right, if they were fine with each other, if they're like, "Man, you're doing a really good job." Guess what we would still have right now? Both a, of them. A great defense. Oh wait, there it went. And the other part of it is, is our secondary is riddled with injuries. So you know what would really help that? A pass rush. A oh g- man, a guy who leads the who's top three in the league in tackles for loss and sacks. That would really boost our pass coverage. Oh but, well, but we traded that guy for a third round pick. Oh well, and now JJ Watt's hurt. Oh well, right. And this is this is we we made a clear ethical decision, and we totally screwed that one up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the and as much as I love the Laramie Tunsil Kenny Stills trade, Kenny Stills doesn't get the ball thrown to him very much, and and Laramie Tunsil gets at least one dumb penalty every game. He like I don't understand costly offsides, costly holding penalties in every game. And then speaking of penalties, the the uh, Baker Mayfield was asked about the two minute drive last week, and the uh, the the lack of urgency, and he explained, well, there was a penalty, so we were behind. And then the reporter kept trying to interrupt them and ask, but and ask, but and tried to get them to kind of. The reporter wanted a specific type of answer and kept trying to reframe the question. Mm-hmm. So finally, Baker Mayfield lost his patience with him, got onto him, and then stormed off. And I get Good what for he him. was. I, well, yeah, because when you watch the exchange, essentially he's like, look, we didn't want to give the ball back to him. Uh, and then reporter's like, "Well, were you happy with the drive?" He's like, "No, I wasn't happy with the drive. We didn't score points. What kind of what kind of question is that? No, what? No, no. We want to score. We want to win games. We're here. We play to win the games. To quote to quote a very important coach, it's it's a dumb idea that they went out there and underperformed and were happy about it. Um, we're gonna jump out here to a break. When we come back, we got a little bit more Nerdflix Sports coming your way." Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations, one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children, and senior citizens, and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab 
your books every month. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to some more Nerd Thug Sports. We're just hanging out here in Conroe on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And, of course, we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Nico. What? Nico. What? Nico. What? Do you know what Saturday is? Saturday. <sighs> Saturday is Extra Life. Oh, yeah. 25 hours of gaming. 25? Is it Daylight Saving? Yep. 25 hours. I knew again. it was the same last year or the two years ago now when we did it. And we are going to be at Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More on 1488 for all 25 hours. Longest day of the year. And we love it. We want to be a big part of it. We want to get in there. And oh, uh, That makes me sad. <laughs> it's it's been it's been uh it's been a, a long time coming officially a year mm-hmm. um this is gonna be exciting I'm super pumped I'm ready for this uh it's gonna be 25 hours of gaming um there's gonna be a bunch of live streaming going on I haven't figured out yet what we're going to be specifically slotted in yet we got to get with marketing Kate and get it all figured out buy uh, some hero clicks we're gonna be there we're gonna be gaming we're gonna be hanging out we're gonna be entertaining we're gonna be part of the team. With the Adventure Begins guys, having a blast. What you guys, what you need to do, if you want to be a part of this, you need to come to the Adventure Begins on Saturday, November 2nd. It's going to be for charity. It's all to the benefit of the Miracle Children's Network. Uh, it's essentially like, you know, those people who run marathons and people donate money for every mile they run or something like that. Mm. Same concept. For every hour that people participate, donations go in. Or you can just donate straight into the fund. The Adventure Begins has already raised over $1,000, I believe I heard them say the other day. Um, and so they have, I'm going to get with them and get the link set up so that all Saturday we're going to be reposting the link. We're going to be showing people where to go to put money in the pot for the adventure begins. Uh, we want to raise a lot of money cause it goes to the benefit of the children's miracle network. It's going to be 25 hours of gaming. It's going to be right there at the adventure begins comics, games, and more on 1488. Well lit family friendly, great place to go. They're going to be hanging out all day. They're going to be having a blast and we're going to be part of the team. Come hang out with us. Come celebrate this. Come help the Children's Miracle Network, who only do great things for people in desperate need of it. Um, make sure to have a good time and come visit us Saturday, this Saturday, for 24, 25 hours of gaming. That's the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more right there on 1488. Benefiting Extra Life, which is benefiting the Children's Miracle Network this Saturday. Come hang out with us. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm yeah. tired. Take it home. Okay. You don't know any sports. Sports. You don't know any sports. They play to win ball the game. That's the quote. It's Herm Edwards. It's a great quote. You've never seen it. They had lost a game, and he was the head coach for the Jets. Uh-huh. And they were asking him about some decisions he made, and they were like, "Why do you, you know? Well, if this and this, then why this?" And he was like, "We play to win the game." Oh, I think they were trying to say like, "Why didn't you do this and this and go for the tie?" Oh. And he was like, "Cause I'm playing to win." Thanks. I mean, it's it's a famous quote because he got mad. He lost his mind on that. Uh, it's like when uh, Jim Mora lost his mind. He was coach of the Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. and they were bad. And somebody was like, but they're in a bad division, so they can go to the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, playoffs? Playoffs? 
we're not going to the playoffs. We can barely line up. We're not going to the playoffs. And, like, he loses his mind about the idea of them going to the playoffs. Like, he doesn't even want to talk. He's like, we can't even, like, line up onside. What are you talking about playoffs? Like, my team is so bad, we can't even do anything. Right. So instead of buying you, I bought the Utah Jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Playoffs. Uh, And then famously the Allen Iverson. We talk about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. Football is funny. Well, he's basketball, but yeah, the rest are football. I j- well, sports press, in general. Is press funny. conferences are funny. It's the dumbest thing in the world to put athletes and coaches immediately after a game in front of the media and letting them letting them interact at all. It's stupid. It's a terrible idea. Because all you're going to get are these moments where people like Baker Mayfield are like, well, no, I'm not happy. We wanted to score points. What kind of stupid question is that? And then you get Jim Mora going, playoffs? Playoffs? Because he's so mad that his team looks so incompetent. And then you get people, uh, the, famous, the, the late Dennis Green, who the Arizona Cardinals were a terrible team, and they were up 21 points on the Chicago Bears. And Devin Hester scores two punt returns. And then the Bears' defense scores a fumble return or an interception return, one of the two. And all of a sudden, the Bears wind up winning on a late field goal at the end of the game. (laughs) And it all happens in the span of, like, the last 20 minutes of football time. And, like, he's at the press conference, and he's losing his mind because he can't understand what happened. And he's like, It's like we fell apart in three seconds. He's like, they are who we thought they are, okay? If you want to crown them, crown them. But they are who we thought they are. And what he meant by that was we had schemed a good game and we did exactly what we wanted to do and we were up 21 points and then we we blew it. We (laughs) fell into dust. (laughs) We absolutely choked. But he loses his mind. He's up there and he's like, you want to crown them? Crown them. But they are who we thought they are. (laughs) And then they (laughs) we just (laughs) collapsed into nothing. In foreplay. <laughs> the idea of the press conference is always just, it's so... It's, it's just poking the bear. It's, it's just like... It is. And, and listen, it's like, oh, did you just suffer a crippling defeat in 20 seconds? Right. Um, How do you feel about that? Right. Well, Give I, us your thoughts on you not scoring points. And it's like, no, I wanted to win the game. And there's no... Like, we were up the entire game. Yeah. Yes, we lost. I get it. And there's no... Because, like, okay, here's the, here's what it's for, is so that you can ask questions about the obvious thing that happened on the field where you're like, well, why did they do that? And I get it. But you know what? They could answer that two days later. Right. They could be like, we made a mistake. We, this and they probably would give you better answers if oh, you yeah. asked them on Monday. Yeah, they probably would give you better answers because guess what? They have time to think about it. You know, I always we, – we play, we play a lot of board games and a lot of things. When you come away from a game, immediately you're fuming. You're like, "Oh, that was garbage. I could have won that." Blah blah blah. blah. And then, you and, then f- yes. and then you sit down and then you think, and you're like, "Well, I could have done this, and I could have done that, and if I'd have rolled this, or if I'd done this, things would have been totally different." It's the heat of the moment that makes it so. And that's bad. what I'm getting at. Well, how many times have I told you, you know, uh, well, like the Saints on the pass interference call that didn't lose them the game? Right. They played. They didn't, they didn't play good win, football. They didn't the play whole good enough to win the game. They didn't play good enough to win. And that's but all everyone's upset because of this really bad call. And that's because it makes it easy to get mad at the one thing because then you don't have to blame your team and take responsibility. But the flip side of that is also just the reality. you got to – it's all. It's not one thing. It's never one thing. It's never – you're right. It's never one thing. And so when, when teams have these bad moments, 
That's the obvious thing you want to ask about. And if they let these people walk away, get on planes, go home, take a shower, sleep, watch game film, and then Monday, the reporters can be like, hey, man, with two minutes to go on that third down, you uh, you guys ran a draw play, and you needed 20 yards, and you were down six points. Why did you call that play? And then the head coach can be like, honestly, looking back, it kind of fit in our chart for field position, but really with the situation, we should have called a different play. We shouldn't have called that play. Right. And People don't want real football. They want to poke the bear. Well, they want – but the, the soundbite is the more important. Yeah, the soundbite is way more important than the answer, and that's the crown sad part. You want to crown them? Crown them. But they are who we thought they are. We beat them in the game and lost anyway. <laughs> it was – I mean, you felt so bad because watching the game, you were like, are the Arizona Cardinals about to win this this game? Like and then they don't. They just they, don't. And they don't. And also, the Bears had no offense. This was the uh, the I think it was the same season they go to the Super Bowl on defense and special teams. Devin Hester I think had seven punt return or seven returns for a touchdown in one season. Good job. Uh, he's I think he scored more points than the quarterback, and I think uh the quarterback gets hurt. I think Rex Grossman's the quarterback, and his backup actually plays like the last seven games and then the two playoff games and then in the Super Bowl Rex Grossman gets to start again anyway. <laughs> nice. and, and you're like, why? He's fine. Why? Uh it's just kind of odd. Like the the Bears were a mess, but down twenty one, you're like, well they have don't they don't have enough offense to possibly come back from this. So the Cardinals lead is safe. And then punt <laughs> returned for a touchdown. And I think it was I think it was a kickoff return for a touchdown. And then I think there's a defensive touchdown, and then you're just like, oh, that's how they score the points. <laughs> the answer is not on offense. <laughs> right. Because when the Special team, special team, special team, special team. Yeah, done. Or done. special team, special team, defense, special team. Done. Yeah, done. And then, and like, Who needs an offense anymore? Overrated. And literally the, the, the Bears offense would get on the field like in the fourth quarter, go three and out, punt it. <laughs> the Cardinals offense <laughs> would drive, take time off the clock, punt it, and then another touchdown. And you're like, oh. Uh, well, now they're only down seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Right. And then you're like, all right, we're going to stop it. Interception. Now uh, we're tied. Oh, oh. Pop, 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 field done. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real mess. And you, you just watching the game, I remember My watching the game. My soul would die. I remember watching the game thinking, like, well, there's this game's basically. It was, like, end of third, and I was like, well, this game's essentially over. And then, like, there's a touchdown, and then you're doing the math. And I'm like, well. Actually, it's actually, it, and then there's another touchdown, and you're like, Whoa, and then another touchdown, and you're like, holy crap, what's about? To, and then a field goal to win it, and you're like, no. And then they go to that press conference. <laughs> it is the best and worst thing ever, and that's why they should give these people some time. But uh, we're gonna jump out here, and we'll, and that's gonna be it for us this week. We're gonna see you again tomorrow with Nerd Thug Radio, and then we're gonna be at Extra Life. All day Saturday, and then we're going to see you again Monday. It's going to be a fun week for us. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Make sure, as always, to check out our sponsors, Cox ATA and The Adventure Begins. And uh, on behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself, same nerd thug time, same nerd thug channel. <laughs>